We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NBA Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's Tuesday. It's April 18th. We're now what, Ryan? Four days away from the Notre Dame Blue Gold game. I'm fired up. I'm fired up, and I'm also kind of, this is always like a weird time of the year. You know, it's like I'm fired up for the Blue Gold game because it's fun. You know, it's not something I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to know if this team's going to win a championship this year because the Blue Gold game. It's just fun to see the team, to be back in the stadium. It's going to be a lot of fun, but then after that, there's no more football for a while, <laughs> so at least no more college football for a while, but going to have plenty to do this summer, but Ryan, look, for me, I- I'm excited about it because you know it's really our first chance to see this football team as in its entirety. It's going to be our first chance to see Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner in the, in the stadium, to see the freshmen in the stadium. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot to talk about this week when it comes to the Notre Dame Blue Gold game. Uh, it, it, hey, before we get started, folks, hit that like button for us. Do us a favor. If you haven't if you're not, haven't subscribed to this channel yet, subscribe. You're going to love it. I promise you. But, Ryan, we're, we're going to dive into tomorrow. We're going to sort of do like a, a roundup. It's our Wednesday roundup show. We're going to talk about just some make some have some fun predictions for the Blue Gold game. We're going to talk about some other spring games that we've seen from around the nation talk about that and uh thursday we'll do sort of a what to look for in the blue gold game we'll also do a preview a recruiting preview of who's going to be on campus it's going to be a very impressive list of guys and then friday we'll have a mailbag ryan will not be on the mailbag on friday he's going to be driving into south bend so we'll get a chance to see him and his dad this weekend if you've never met his dad, if you get a chance to meet see ryan this weekend definitely bump into him say hi to his dad his dad's an awesome dude so i've had a chance to meet him several times uh so uh it's going to be a busy week, and then we'll have a post-game show on Saturday. So it's it, a lot of blue-gold talk uh, this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Today's topic, Ryan, we're going to get a little specific with some topics, and we'll, we'll do a mailbag afterwards. So if you all have some questions that you want us to address, throw those suckers in there. I know there were some questions we couldn't get to yesterday that were more team-related. Throw those in there now. We'll get to those in the mailbag. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But Ryan, I, I, I've been really floored, and I, I don't know where it's coming from. I've, I've said this to you all before. I don't, I don't read stuff that other people do. I don't read uh, content. I, it's not a negative. I mean, I've had conversations about this with with, with buddies of mine on the uh, on the beat. You know, Tim O'Malley and I have had this conversation. Ryan, you know, I love Tim O'Malley. You got a chance to meet him at Syracuse last year. It's a great guy. Tim's awesome, you know, man. Yeah. yeah, but it's just like, look, I, I, and he has the same view I do. I don't want to read out of the people's stuff because I want to make sure that whatever I'm writing is is from me. It's not, not something yeah. right where where. Or it's like, well, shoot, I was going to write about that, but, you know, O'Malley wrote about that. And, you know, now I don't want to write about it. So I just want it to be fresh and, and be what, whatever my opinion is. And then, you know, he and I will talk later. I'll talk with somebody else later. Ryan, you and I will talk. So it's not a negative like, oh, those people suck. I don't read their stuff. It's not, not it at all. But I see the reactions to whatever's out there in the universe. And a lot of it is about the quarterback position. And we talked yesterday a little bit about the negativity that's kind of going on right now and and where that might be coming from. And and I think it's 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 no more prevalent than the quarterback position. Because I'll be honest, Ryan, I'm absolutely floored at a lot of the perception that I see, and it's not everybody. There's a lot of people that are positive, but it's way more than I thought that are looking into what's happening this spring at quarterback as somehow negative. Yeah. When in reality, and what we're going to discuss today, Ryan, is what we've seen from the quarterback position this spring is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And there's several things about it. Number one is the fact that Sam Hartman has not run away with the starting quarterback position is a great thing. Do you know what that means? Everything we thought about Tyler Buckner, he's starting to show on a more consistent basis in practice, which is good because, I mean, I was watching the, the Gator Bowl again last night, Ryan, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, man, if if Tyler can hit two or three more throws and just, just eliminate, like, I can even live with two of the interceptions. Just eliminate the last one. You know, just be smarter. Yeah. Throw that ball away. You know, man, boy, that, that, kid, is, that kid is good. And, you know, obviously the coaches are starting to see that more and more and more. And, you know, thinking about where Sam Hartman is right now in his development, and we'll get into that. But, you know, then Steve Angeli's improving, and Kenny Minchie looks, looks you know, like the physical tools are all there. So, Ryan, what, what, it, what it shows is this is, a, this is a great situation for Notre Dame to be in right now. And if you have any other opinion other than this is great for Notre Dame, I don't say this often, but you're wrong. And it's something to be excited about because this is the best the quarterback room has been 
in several years. I mean, several years. I mean, probably going back to 2015 is the last time you could go this deep at quarterbacks and say, not only is that guy a starter tech caliber guy, but he's got difference maker caliber potential. And Notre Dame, in my opinion, goes three deep in that category. And the fact that this is a battle is a really good thing for Notre yeah. Dame. It, it's such it's such a weird vibe, man. Like I'm like, shouldn't we all be excited about this? Like I, I mean, literally when we were having this conversation before we started, I'm just like this is a very first world problem to have yeah. a plethora of quarterback talent where you're like, man, God forbid Sam Hartman gets hurt. You have Tyler Buckner. Wow. God forbid Tyler Buckner starts. He gets hurt. And you have Sam Hartman coming in, right? Like you literally have on this roster. I mean, just to kind of strengthen your point, Brian, is like you have the all-time leader in touchdown passes in ACC history. One of the most prolific 18th all time. Eighteenth all time in college football yeah. history. Production wise, one of the most prolific quarterbacks we have seen in recent history. Like that is a fact, right? You have him. Not to mention a guy that just had five total touchdowns in a bowl game and beat an SEC school. Not to mention a top one hundred caliber quarterback that just came in the recruiting class. Well, and Tyler not to Booker's mention also a top hundred quarterback as well. Exactly right. And Steve Angeli's a good a good talent as well. Like he and he's your, potentially yeah. your fourth. Most talented quarterback on the roster. Like that is yeah. I would argue talent wise, I would argue he's fourth. Yeah. And again, that speaks volumes about it. And so, Ryan, what we're gonna kind of do today is is so we're not just gonna complain about the perception. Yeah. But we're gonna talk about where they are. And and that's gonna be, you know, I think it's gonna be a fun topic. It might not be as long of a topic as normal, but we wanted to get leave a lot of time for for mailbag questions and to be able to 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 dive into some different things. So I think to begin with, number one, Ryan, is I don't, I don't, I never got the impression from anybody at Notre Dame that they went into the spring thinking, yeah, this is going to be done by the end of spring. I think the expectation was always that, that almost that there was a hope that there, it, it wouldn't be an easy decision by the end of the spring. Cause if it was an easy decision, it was only going to go one way. It was going to be Sam yeah. Hartman. Right. Under, in no universe was it going to come in and, and Sam was just going to be out of the job by practice 12. Right. And that's basically where Notre Dame was today. They had practice 12, I believe, today, 11 or 12 to 12, 12, 12 or so 14. I have to look at the practice schedule, but I think they're having a practice today, practice tomorrow, practice on Friday. And I think the Friday will be like kind of a walkthrough. But there was no allusion to the fact that by the by practice 12, Sam Hartman's going to be out of the race or just getting dominated by Tyler Buckner. The only way this was going to be over by the end of spring is if Sam Hartman ran away with it. And if Sam Hartman ran away with it, that would be a problem. Because so that would mean Tyler Buckner just isn't battling. He isn't competing. He is not taking the challenge well, and he's just like, whatever. I'm just trying to get to the spring so I can go somewhere else. That w- or or he regressed as a player. Because the Tyler Buckner that we saw against South Carolina, the Tyler Buckner we heard about leading into those practices, is a guy that, you know, clean up a couple things here and there, you're a pretty good player. And and the yeah. fact that he has cleaned those things up is is why he is where he, where, where he is, which, which we'll kind of get into. But the fact is, I don't think there was ever an expectation, or there at least there wasn't the hope that this thing would be over. So the fact that it's not over is, is being turned into some crazy news story that I just yeah. don't think that it I- is. You know what I think it is, Brian? I think that – and someone talked about this in the chat. I think it was yesterday before I before I left that, like, is Sam Hartman a savior? 
Looks like Ryan like, goes off. Hold on, Ryan. Ryan, you, you are you? Ryan, are you there? Am I good? Yeah, I good? yeah. You froze up. You said Savior. Okay. okay. And I didn't know if like the Holy Spirit was like <laughs> you're not going to use that word and freeze Ryan up. I know what was going on, but I'm yes, sorry. go ahead. Because I because the conversation was on the board and it was on the board last night. Yeah. And that's where it was. So I want you to just make sure that you set the context. So if you don't mind, let's sure. do take two. Yeah. Take two. So I think that I think the disconnect that we're getting with, and maybe the I don't know if it's disappointment. I don't know if that's the right word. But the word savior was thrown out about Sam Hartman, right? Like he was going to come in and just be the best quarterback ever from day one and lead this team to a championship, which hopefully is still very well going to happen, right? But I think when you put that much, that high of expectations on a player, right, calling someone a savior, you're basically saying he's way up here and he has to deliver immediately or else that's it's a it failure. Right yeah. I think that's a failure, right? So the fact that he isn't running away from it, in people's minds, they're like, but I thought he was supposed to be 110 touchdown passes in his career. The all-time ACC passer, top 20 all-time in every statistical category. Like, isn't he supposed to be that guy? When you're just appreciating the fact that this says more about Tyler Buckner than it does about Sam Hartman, in my opinion. So Correct. I think that's where the I think that's where the disconnect is with this with this I, opinion out there. I think it's twofold, Ryan. I think number one is I think there was this expectation that Sam Hartman was going to come to Notre Dame and by practice nine look like he was in midseason form. Right. I think that's number one. I think the second part, and there's layers to that. I think the second part is there's a contingent of Notre Dame fans that gave up on Tyler Buckner after the Marshall game. Just sure. did. I mean, I've literally been in discussions with fans that will ignore every great thing he did in the bowl game and just focus on the interceptions as if like they said, it doesn't matter. He stinks. Well, now well, again, the interceptions are not okay. They got to get, yeah. they got to get improved upon. But if you can't say, Again, we're we're grown ups here. Look, you, but buddy, I was watching the game again, and like the 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 first interception, the third interception were just bad plays. The third one, it was the second one wasn't a bad play. He just missed on the throw, and it was behind the guy and tipped up and got yeah. picked off. I watched the wheel route to Chris Tyree that he threw at his ankle. That I'm like, bro, if you if you hit him and just right here on that back shoulder, he makes one guy miss and it's strike up the band, and and so. Those things got to get improved, but then you watch just the big time throws and it plays that he made. You watch him get into a third and long, and Tyler just takes off running and picks up the first down. And just the way that that South Carolina was put in so many binds by his ability to throw and run in in that game. If you can't look at those two things and be able to have an honest conversation about one of them, say, "Hey, look." Because there's some people that just ignore the ah no interceptions no big deal yeah three interceptions and two pick sixes are kind of a big deal right you can't have those you know you can beat South Carolina that way but you can't beat you're not gonna beat Ohio State that way you're not gonna beat Clemson that way you're not gonna beat USC that way you may not even be Duke that way this upcoming season the the point however Ryan is is that we can do both of those things but there's some people that have just written off Sam uh, Tyler Buckner so the fact that Tyler Buckner's pushing Sam Hartman is perceived as like well maybe Sam Hartman's not as good as we thought he was going to be right and i think it's that double edged sword and 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 you know i think that's where this narrative kind of comes from a little bit i think the other part of the the expectations for Sam Hartman in practice is i feel like I don't want to say this specifically to people that practice because, again, I don't know what was written, but the way that it's being portrayed to me, I feel like there are some people that don't understand what the purpose of a practice is. Right. 
because not every practice is like a scrimmage where like some people say, well, you know, the offense won today, the defense won today. It was a Thursday practice. They're working on blitzes. They're working on <laughs> blitz pickups. You know, I've said this and, and Sean and I were talking after one of the practices and he, and he said that Malik made the same point. I've made this point. Anyone that's played or coached football will make this point. If you're in, in spring or fall camp and you're having a day where you're working on your pressures and the defense doesn't win that session, you're in trouble. That's a problem. Yeah, right. That's yep. a problem. And and so, but then it's like, well, you know, the offense didn't do well. Well, related to what? Do you understand what you're watching? Do you understand the context of what you're watching and what this practice is supposed to be like? Do you really know what you're looking at? And I think there's people that don't know what they're looking at and don't understand what a practice is supposed to look like in that setting. I think that's number one. I think number two is when you couple that with the fact that one of these guys has never played with any of these players before. Coach Freeman had a great comment about this, and he was talking about early in spring. He said there was a play where it sounded like they were trying to hit a cover two hole throw. And from an explaining to me, he's talking about there's cover two, and Sam was out there, and Tobias was out there, and he said the play doesn't work because there just wasn't a trust between quarterback and receiver and receiver and quarterback. Sure. Well, what does a lack of trust come from? A lack of trust comes from a lack of experience together, yeah. right? And and so you you know that hey, I trust this guy because I have seen him make this throw before. I trust this guy because I have seen this seen him make this catch before. If At Perry was out there, that ball is complete day one. Yeah. If Donovan Green is out there, that ball is complete day one because those guys have done that a thousand, two thousand, three thousand times together. But then he explained how, okay, this last practice, that ball, we run that same concept against the same look, and it's bam, it's there, it's completed. Right. Well, we 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 didn't see a lot of that because, number one, we're, we're seeing a blitz period. And number two, beating a blitz, Ryan, as you know, if you're attacking me with blitz, what's the biggest thing that you're afraid of of me? Me hitting a timing throw off yeah. that blitz. Because if I hit a timing throw off of that blitz – somebody's catching it and running or they're catching it in space. And so that takes, I know where you're going to be. You know where I want you to be. And I'm going to throw that ball. Even if you're not there yet, we saw Tyler doing that in the sprint in the, in the, in the Gator bowl. Remember the throw he threw to Jaden Thomas, where he rolls right and throws back. Jaden was not out of his break yet. When Tyler threw that football. Yep. And we've seen Tyler do this because he has thrown how many thousands of balls to Jaden Thomas in his career. And Sam Hartman, in the first practice we saw, had maybe thrown some hundred or so maybe. to Jaden specifically. And so that's part of the evaluation process that I don't think people are understanding. I think that's where the expectation for what you are going to see with your eyes in the spring. Like, if you thought that he was going to look like a guy that's about to win the Heisman Trophy on practice five, I would say the problem isn't with Sam Hartman or Tyler Buckner or Tobias Merriweather or Deion Colsey. The problem is, is with, with the evaluator. Your at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think too, like if Sam Hartman's in pre in, in mid season form right now, that's kind of peaking a little bit too early too. Like you don't want him to just be like hitting his stride right now. Like you want him to be easing into stuff. I mean, I also think Brian, a little bit of it is this too, is that the new toy is always the shiniest, right? Yes. Like the new guy, the, the backup quarterback is always the favorite player on a football team. Right. 
Because you remember when we were doing the recruiting stuff, right? When we were doing signing signing day, how many times did we get asked, could Kenny Minchie start as a freshman, right? And we're like, can he? Maybe, but like, why would you not. want him to start as a freshman? Like, <laughs> yeah. why would you want that I to mean, be a situation you're in? Ryan, I had because I, he's a new toy. Sorry, I was going to say because he's a yeah. new toy. No, that's all. I did two shows by myself last week, so I'm just kind of, you know, even more <laughs> used to saying what I what I want to say when I want to say it. I apologize because you were making a great point there. The thing about Kenny Minchie is like nobody had Kenny Minchie ranked higher than I did. SI 99 was close, but I had him as a number 80 player in the country. And I'm sitting here saying like, I love Kenny Minchie. There aren't many people higher on Kenny Minchie than I am. And I pray that he doesn't have to start a game this year. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Kenny Minchie. It's just, you've got older, better players there. And, and so I think you, you kind of get into these sort of, what are the expectations? And and the expectations are that the this is a process of getting to know each other. And what do we hear from when I talk to sources, Ryan? Sam Hartman looked phenomenal in the blue gold game. Or I mean, the, the scrimmage on Saturday, which to the Notre Dame coaching staff, that's the scrimmage that they're making decisions off of, not the blue gold game. Just, to, yep. just hate to break it to you, but that's the reality of it. But it's kind of funny because when I talk to my sources, they're like, man, this kid's talking about Sam Hartman. Like, this kid's better than we thought he was going to be. Right? I'm like, okay, explain to me why. And then they start talking about it, and it's like, yeah, that sounds exactly like what I think and what I see. And it's 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 not about he completed 95% of his passes. It's just the poise, the leadership, the work ethic, the way he connected with his teammates, the his willingness to stretch the ball, his willingness to take some chances. You know, he's just learning the offense still. He's learning timing. That's because as a coach, you know that'll come. I've seen a I've seen literally this kid through 900 some passes the last two years. I promise you that when they were doing the evaluation process, Tommy Reese watched there almost every single one of them. Yep. Right. And, and and I've wa- I bet you Gino Gadulli's watched a bunch of them as well. Not as many as Tommy because he had a shorter process to, to work with. And at the end of the day, you know, you're going to see it in person at that point in time. So it's I, I'm not worried about that. Where I think Sam is right now, as we kind of get into this to this conversation is I think Sam is in a great place right now. And and I think where I'm coming from is this where I expected him to be right now is pretty much where he is, which is he's being pushed by a very talented player, which I was, I mean, we talked about this Ryan before spring ball started. That's a good thing. If Tyler Buckner pushes him, that's going to make Sam Hartman better, but also that he really has connected. I mean, you watch the scrimmage highlights on that Notre Dame put out and you see him run in. That was the game winning. That was the game putting the game away score. And you listen to his teammates and they're like, let's go Sammy. Let's go. I mean, you, and then, you know, we're, we're interviewing them and and we see Sam kind of giving these really just dull answers and all that stuff. And he just doesn't like talking to media, which I get, I would be the same if I was him. And, and then as soon as he gets up and he gets around his teammates, you see a completely different kid. And you're like, okay, he's he's because that part was more important than does he have the timing of every single route mastered by practice nine right would the teammates accept him would he come in with the right mentality would he come in with the right attitude would he come in with a a sense of entitlement hey i'm i'm sam hartman i rank 19th all-time in passing yards and 18th all-time in touchdown yards and you're gonna have this kid who's thrown like six career touchdown passes you're gonna really try to tell me this kid's gonna battle with me forget that you know what i mean like do you know who i am hasn't had that mentality at all 
connecting with Tyler Buckner and vice versa. And, and so I think it's a good thing where he is. I think he's going to be fine. My whole thing is, is where Notre Dame is right now. And we'll kind of wrap things up at the end with this, but like, I don't care who starts at the end of the day. I really don't. But if Tyler Buckner was going to be the starter, he was going to have to be way ahead of Sam Hartman as spring one got came to a close. He because you know Sam Hartman is now I think through eleven practices. Today was practice twelve, I believe. You're barely over twenty five percent of the practices that are going to go into the first game. Yep. If you're not, and, and so Sam's room for growth within this offense is going to is is much on a much higher track because he is still learning the things that Tyler already has down the footwork like he knows the expectations from a footwork standpoint he knows the the route depths he know because he, he knows the you know Tobias Merriweather's speed relative to uh, Deion Colsey's speed relative to Jaden Thomas's speed the you know what where where Deion's comfortable getting the ball where Tobias is comfortable getting the ball he's much further along than that Sam is still learning those things. And as he does, he's going to get more and more comfortable within this offense. And I think what that's going to do is that's going to allow Sam to then focus on getting your technique more consistent. Cause that was the, the only thing that really concerned me that I've seen from Sam this spring, Ryan, is I need to see him be a little bit more solid with his footwork. He still has a lot of that wake forest, stand on your tippy toes, get the ball out quickly stuff, uh, thrown off your back shoulder you don't need to do that stuff here, right? I mean, there's always a time and a place, but I need to see him get a little bit better base because what happens, Ryan, when he's on his tippy toes, and this happened to him awake force as well, when he's on his tippy toes and he doesn't need to be, he's a half an inch shorter than Tyler Buckner. That's the other thing. Somebody told me that some of the sites are reporting that Tyler Buckner's way bigger than Sam Hartman. He's a half an inch taller. Might be right? a little thicker than Sam Hartman. He's definitely yeah. thicker. Yeah, He's a half inch taller. They're talking about the height. One guy no. can't see over the line. The other guy can. It's a half an inch shorter. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't know who said that, but that's just something that people are responding to that I'm hearing now. Because, you know, people will hear somebody say something on the show. They'll hear something we say, and then they'll just run to Facebook and run to Twitter and run to other people. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that such and such is. Who, who are you hearing that from? What's yeah, they, have, they have sources, man. They right. Sources. But it's, it's because of the mesh and the way that he would constantly throw so close to the line that's when you the height becomes a problem is when the, the yeah. when you're there he needs to get better i think throwing in rhythm is something that still he's working on he wasn't really a rhythm throw awake force that wasn't the nature of what they did ryan there's a little bit more rhythm involved in this offense in my opinion and when sam the only the only really rhythm throws he made awake were the quick rpo stuff and he was pretty accurate with that stuff but I think the footwork aspect is the one thing that I'm really wanting to see Sam harness this summer. That if I'm if I'm Gino Gadulli, that's the biggest thing for me this summer is we got to continue getting more and more comfortable with the footwork of what we're trying to do. Pardon me, especially getting under center. I think those are the areas where I want to see Sam continue to improve. But I'm very comfortable right now with where I what I've seen from Sam, and then what I've heard from Sam. And the other part too is. You know, the scrimmage was more of a live team situation. It wasn't, hey, we're working on third and five. Like the last practice yeah. we were at, the, the full open, it was the third, it was the third and long, third medium, third and long period. That's not a scrimmage. That's a third no. and long period, a third medium period. It's, it's, it, you're working on certain things. And sometimes, and part of practice is to see what doesn't work. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's part of practice as well. 
And, and so I, I think that's the thing for me is I want to see him really harness that footwork and get his feet correctly. Cause I think once that happens, you're going to see his accuracy on, only go up also as he gets more comfortable with the players, but the comfort thing that's going to come just with time. Yeah. Now it's about clean, you know, he, he's, he's, you know, the, the offense he's going to have down by the time you get to the first week of fall camp. Now it's about, okay, you're not thinking as much about the playbook because you know it better. You're not thinking as much about these players because you're more comfortable with them. I need you to now clean up the footwork and, and find that rhythm a little bit more. Cause I think when Sam gets in there and we've seen this in games too, Ryan, when Sam Hartman gets hot and gets into a rhythm, not throwing with rhythm, but gets into a rhythm. I mean, he's, he's a maestro out there and watch the, the Clemson footwork, game, man. Go yeah. Clemson game. But the yeah. footwork at times and the timing of things where they didn't have that timing could get him into funks as well. I don't see that being as much of an issue in the Notre Dame offense, just because of the nature of, of who they are, what they do. And the fact that he's going to have such a good run game to support them. I think one last point about like the evaluation of Sam Hartman, you know, before I talk a little bit about like what I want to see from him, because I mean, I think that's a great conversation point is that I think we also need to remember both media and fans in general is that we're still getting to know Sam Hartman, right? Like we don't know him, right? I mean, like we're still, it's still like a, it's still very early on in this process of understanding how he ticks, how he practices. Wake Forest, their media and their team, obviously their coaches, they saw him in practice for five years, right? Like they know what type of practice player he is. There are some guys, right? I know I coach some players, Brian, where it's like that guy stinks in practice, man. But when he when the lights shine brightest, it's like kid's a baller. Like what do you want me to say about it? Like he just plays his best in those high pressure situations, in those real life real game-like situations. And I'm not saying that is Sam Hartman. I'm not saying that is not Sam Hartman. What I'm saying is I don't want to also rush to judge as far as like practice, very brief practice synopsis I get of Sam Hartman because we don't know exactly what type of practice guy he is, right? Like, is he a solid practice guy who's much better? Because, I mean, we make fun of it, but like there are players that are gamers. There are guys that turn it on on Saturdays and are completely different just competitors when the lights shine brightest. So I think just some of that context, man, like let's just ease along a little bit. Let's evaluate him in a day in and day of perspective because we're still getting to know Sam Hartman. At the end of the day, though, the things that weren't evident on Wake Forest film that you hit on a little bit, right? That the, all the consistent timing concepts, the ability to work from clean pockets, the ability to more consistent – three, five, seven step drops and not just working off of that RPO action and the, you know, the stupid delayed mesh action, that stuff you want to see, because that is something that is new to Sam Hartman working under center. That's stuff that's new to Sam Hartman, stuff that he isn't, hasn't been able to do in the past. So I'm not worried about as much if he's going to be able to play his best football on Saturdays. I'm worried about like the new things that he hasn't been asked to do before. That's foreign to him, right? I, I have literally, Never seen Sam Hartman take a snap under center. I haven't seen it. Haven't seen it on his way forward. So I'm sure it was there, but I don't remember him taking a snap under center. Those are the nuances. Only on Those sneaks. are the new parts. That's yeah. the only time I ever remember seeing film of him, Ryan, is on sneaks. That's it. That's it. And, and, and I've actually – I was going to do a video breakdown of Sam Hartman, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to do it on the message board the way that we've been doing some of the breakdowns I've done. So I'm going to put videos up and just write about it to help people yeah. understand it and graphs, but you'll see that on, on, in the wake forest film. And, and so moral of the story, Ryan, 
right now I'm I'm very happy with Sam where Sam Hartman is right now because as a coach I understand the process from practice one to practice 15 is not to arrive by practice 15. You don't ever want to arrive in March because you've peaked too soon. It's yes. part of a building process. And so no good coach anyway should should look at the end of spring and say, well, this guy's just not ready to play right now. You may say, hey, this guy's going to have to improve a lot between now and, and the last week of August if he's going to play. But this is where he is in the journey. Because right now – a football season is essentially four quarters. You have winter conditioning, spring practice, summer conditioning, and then the season, the fall, the fall camp, which then you know gets you ready for the season. Four quarters is, let me be clear, it's four quarters is the process to get you ready for the season, and they all have different purposes. We had mentioned something with Blake Fisher, and I said early on, Ryan, and I don't think you saw this last week, you're on vacation, maybe you did, but Remember when we talked about how Blake Fisher was like 310 and I was yes. when I saw him I was like I think he's got a little too thin. When we interviewed Blake last week and the thing he said was is we intentionally did this to get off get the baby fat off and then we'll build it back up. Perfect. Perfect. But he doesn't need to be there right now. Well, why didn't yes. you get that weight back on by March and April for spring ball? Cuz you don't need it for spring ball. It's part of the process. Yep. And so that's I'm comfortable where Sam is. I'm happy with where Sam is. And the big thing for me is what 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 kind of takes away for me when people say, well, Sam Hartman's not as good as advertised. Yes, he is. The the thing is, is that we're finally seeing this is the big takeaway for me. We're finally, finally seeing Tyler Buckner be that guy that we thought and hoped he could be. And I didn't get a chance to see Tyler last spring. Uh, I saw the film I saw, what I saw from Tyler was a kid that was just still too inconsistent with a lot of things he was doing to maximize ability, but he could still make a lot of plays. This spring, what we're seeing is he's still making those plays, but the consistency is better. The release point is more consistent. The footwork is more consistent. He's not having those balls, just as many of those balls that just dive into the ground. Every quarterback has those. He's not having as many of those, but his timing is like, this is the thing I think people miss. Tyler's always had excellent timing and anticipation as a quarterback I mean freshman year he had that it was just knowing what to read and being clean with your mechanics and what we've seen this spring is Tyler build on what we saw late last season in the practices for the bowl game and then the bowl game Ryan which was he'd still get in some trouble but Tyler was much more comfortable with throwing from the pocket mechanically he always yeah. knew where to go, but the mechanics of it, for example, the ball to Jaden Thomas, the ball was, the, the read was not necessarily awful, not pick six worthy. Jaden didn't make a good play, but Tyler's mechanics caused him to get the ball out slow, right? Didn't get out there. You got to snap that ball off right now, hit that back shoulder. And if it's not caught by Jaden, it's an incomplete pass. The mechanics yeah. got him into the problem. He made the right read to throw to Braden Lindsay, but his mechanics got him into trouble. And his release point was inconsistent. Now you're seeing a kid that's much more consistent with those things. And that's where you're starting to see Tyler Buckner's game take off. And a kid with Tyler Buckner's talent, if he's not pushing Sam Hartman or even ahead of Sam Hartman right now, which I think that kind of gets a little bit overplayed with Sam Hartman's outplaying Tyler Buckner's outplaying Sam Hartman based on what you've seen two practices out of 11. I don't know that for all I know, 
Sam, Tyler Bucker could be way ahead of Sam Hartman right now. No one's told me that, but it could be true. I don't know the answer to that because we've only seen two practices. But what I have seen from Tyler, Ryan, in that blitz practice was a much more, I don't say calm, because Tyler's always been an abnormally calm kid on the football field. <laughs> like sometimes you want him to be a little bit more fired up, you know, but that's just not who he is, which as a coach, you, you as a fan, you want to see him more fired up. As a coach, you love that calm demeanor because that calm demeanor is why the pick sixes didn't bother him last year. I mean, right. bothered him from the standpoint, man, I can't believe I made that decision, but it didn't bother him to the point where he's like, oh my God, I'm beating myself up. I, that's why he just calmly goes out there the next series and leads him down for a touchdown. But it's more of a, he's play his, his, he, I'm trying We're to urgent, say this. proactive. No, no, like, like you want a football, you want a quarterback to just kind of look poised. That's a, mm-hmm. he, he just looks more, compo- that's a, that's it, Ryan. Okay. Composed because he's not thinking anymore. He's not, because mm-hmm. what, what happened, it's, it's like a golf, a bad golf swing. Now this is what I've been told. Cause I always have a bad golf swing. That's just my normal thing. But I've heard people say, like, you get out there and you just get into this rut and, like, you can't get yourself out, and then it gets in your head. And yeah. that would be Tyler at times in his career with, as, as, as a thrower as he would get into these ruts, and it was a mechanical problem, and he didn't know how to get himself out of that problem. Sure. And, and so what we're seeing this spring is he's not getting into those ruts, and when he does have a couple bad throws in a row, he comes back co- past number three. It's crisp. It's clean. It just looks – calm it's not erratic it's not all over it's and so now when he's throwing you know he's throwing sidearm there's more intention to it you know now he, he it's like i know when to do this now sometimes i would do it and i didn't need to do it you mm-hmm. know i some you know, i see the wheel route to chris tyree and and i would speed things up but there's there's there is a need to speed your 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 mechanics up you see a guy coming out you got to quickly man snap that thing off but they're sped up and then there's rushed yeah. now tyler knows how to speed up and stay still mechanically sound. And what you're seeing is a far more effective player on the little things. And that's always what was going to make Tyler Buckner dangerous. If Tyler Buckner could do the little things consistently, he was going to be outstanding because the physical gifts are tremendous. You know, he's yep. a dynamic runner. He's got great, great timing, really quick release, can get the ball up quickly, can throw, can change his arm angles. I mean, the throw he made to Jaden Thomas on that over route with the guy screaming right down his face, he just kind of goes to the side. Just, I couldn't, I couldn't, Ryan, I couldn't make that throw with that arm angle when I was in my prime if I had zero defenders on the field. I, I just personally couldn't make that change my arm. I'm just ignoring that comment. <laughs> I couldn't change my arm angles that seamlessly. Then you yeah. put a kid that's 300 some pounds screaming down your face with 60, 70,000 people in the stands. And I, that's that's one of the best throws I've ever seen a Notre Dame quarterback make. But you always knew he had that. The question was, could he do the little things? And in the bowl game, he didn't do the little things well enough, which is why he had the picks, which is why he had the easy misses. And so th- it's not a bad thing. And this is the this is the thing. It's like how we can take something that's a negative and turn it in, or a positive and turn it into a negative. And I feel like that's what we've done as a fan base with this quarterback dilemma. Not even dilemma. This see, I did it with this quarterback situation right now. Is uh-huh. if you're going to turn this into some kind of negative, don't look <laughs> at it for what it is. Sam Hartman is who he is, guys. We know who Sam Hartman is. We've only seen 17 guys in the history of college football throw for more yards than Sam Hartman. We know who he is. 
this is a thing that you should be excited about because we're starting to see Tyler Buckner on a day-to-day basis be the guy that we all hoped he was going to be when Notre Dame signed him. And ultimately, that's what makes this quarterback situation exciting because even if Sam Hartman beats him out and is the clear number one, what if he sprains his ankle? What if he sprains his knee? What if he hits his hand on somebody's helmet in the second quarter of the Ohio State game? Right? And he's got to miss two weeks. You're like, okay, cool. We're good. Like, oh, sucks for Sam, but we're going to be fine until he gets back because number 12's out there and we're going to be just fine. And that's where Notre Dame is right now. And that's the exciting part. That's what has me super fired. Brent, I am so fired up about this football team for a number of reasons, but it begins with that right there. Notre Dame went from having the quarterback position be a major question mark where you really hoped that Tyler Buckner was going to be that guy to now looking at it and saying, but this team is flat out loaded at quarterback. And that's a, that is not a bad thing. That is not a dilemma. That is not a problem. That is a blessing. I think with a legitimate understanding and expectation of this quarterback room, I think Tyler Buckner being the clear number two and there being like legitimate separation isn't that the worst case scenario? I mean, for people, I mean, like, let's think about this, guys. Like, and I'm talking about this from Tyler's perspective, right? Because this is both short term and long term, right? For Tyler Buckner, because there is a legitimate opportunity for Tyler Buckner to be the future of Notre Dame football still, 2024, 2025. There's still that opportunity because the one blessing in disguise was that although the injury happened this year, he was able to get the red shirt. So he still has the extra, the two years after this year of playing time. He still has three years of eligibility, including this year. So for the long-term implications of this, I would be like, I think that it would be dishonest to say this, that Tyler Buckner was a hundred percent going to be fully locked in, accept the backup role, do all that and, and be the best version of himself every day. We didn't know if that was going to be the case, right? You didn't know that. And it's nothing to do with Tyler. It's just in the era of college football that we're in that it's so easy to transfer and just get out of situations. Not every player would just be okay with being the second guy or being the heir apparent or the next guy. Like not everybody would be okay with that. But for Tyler to show the growth that he's shown this offseason, and again, I don't know what the future for Tyler is as far as how long he stays, if he's going to be a star for 2024-25. That's like speculation. But the point is, is that clearly – Tyler Buckner has bought in to this opportunity for him to get better and to compete every single day. And that is great for the long term. Because if Tyler buys in, even if he's not the starter this offseason, you potentially have your starting quarterback for the foreseeable future, even after Sam Hartman has exhausted his eligibility. The other layer, Brian, is that Sam Hartman is not a perfect player, right? Like he still can be better. And what makes a player better? What does Coach Freeman talk about all the time? competition 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 yeah if sam hartman's not getting pushed that's a problem man that's where complacency starts like oh i can just be this version of sam every single day because that's good enough right like i'm good enough to be that guy again not saying that's how sam's wired because i assume he's a very competitive person but there are some players that if you were just a clear number one you had no threat behind you they would be a little complacent. They'd be like, I could just, this is as good as I have to do. And then I'm good to go, man. I don't need to stress myself any bit more because I know I'm the guy. Sam being threatened by Tyler 
is great not only for Tyler showing improvement, but it's great for Sam because he needs to play his best football every single day or else you might not be the starter, my friend, as a 60-year senior. That's a possibility. And that matters, man. And I think that's best for Tyler and best for Sam. I think that helps everyone. I wrote an article before spring ball started saying that the arrival of Sam Hartman could be a tremendous thing for Tyler Buckner because everything that we need Tyler to improve upon is what makes Sam such a good quarterback and the ability to just sit in the pocket and get the ball where it needs to get to take your chances, be smart, knowing to throw the ball away. All those things are He's going to learn from, and it's going to be great. And so I think that's a a, a blessing for where Notre Dame is. And and even there, it's kind of like if you're, if you are the number two, you also can't get complacent because number eight is just going to keep getting better and better. And number eight being Kenny Minchie, He's going to just keep getting better and better and better. And it really is a great place because at the end of the day, Ryan, when I talk about why I'm so excited, what's been the thing that's been holding Notre Dame back for all these years as a program? Most years. I mean, there's been years where the defensive coordinator stunk and the strength program wasn't as good. But primarily, when you get to the postseason, the biggest difference the last two times Notre Dame has been on that stage has been their quarterback just wasn't in the same universe as the kids they were playing against. Will Sam Hartman be that? Will Tyler Buckner be that? I, I we'll have to find out because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you do until you know you get on the field. But I'm so much more confident in that. I mean, we've seen Sam Hartman battle Clemson, and even when they were getting their butts kicked, the kid just goes out there and competes and makes plays, and and now he's going to have such a better supporting cast. All again, when I say that, I'm not talking necessarily about receiver. I think Notre Dame has a chance to be better at receiver than Wake Forest as a whole last year, top to bottom. But the Notre Dame receivers, all of them have a long way to go if they're going to be what A.T. Perry was for Wake Forest last two years. It, when I say supporting cast, it's the running backs. It's the run game. It's the offensive line, and it's the defense. And I think that's the other thing, too. And this is what I mentioned when I was doing the show with Tim last week is Sam Hartman is still learning that you don't have to put this thing on your shoulders all the time. And I think sometimes we saw that from Sam too, where he would try to take a chance that he just didn't need to take. Like, bro, just throw that swing. Just throw that swing to Audric. You're good, yeah. man. You don't need to force that ball into triple coverage. You, because if 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 you don't get it, if Audric doesn't get the first down, you're all right. Punt that sucker and let your defense do its thing. Because our defense is is it as good as it needs to be? No. Is it still way better than when he had a Wake Forest? It's still pretty good defense. Yeah, it really is. And, and so he's still learning those things, too, because knowing your personnel isn't always just about your receivers. It's also saying, hey, you know, it's third and five. I'm at my own 35. I, I know my play. I don't need to take a chance here. Or it's third and 10 might be a better scenario. I don't need to take a chance here. If it's open, if I get my one-on-one, I'm going to take my shot. But I'm not going to force a ball into coverage if it's not there because we, we can punt this sucker, play the field position game, let my defense go do what they do because – when you're Sam Hartman, Ryan, at Wake Forest, you can't afford to punt the football because when you get it back, the other team's probably going to have seven more points on the board. Yeah. And 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 this is the point that I've made. These are point totals that Sam Hartman has had in the last three years in losses. In losses, 45 to Clemson, 21-21, 34 to North Carolina, 31 to Duke. 2021, they scored 55 points in a loss to North Carolina, 27 in a loss to Clemson. In 2020, they scored 42 in a loss to NC State, 53 in a loss to North Carolina, 28 in a loss to Louisville. I mean, you know, 
2019, I actually think Jamie Newman was the quarterback in this particular game, mm-hmm. but you had 59 points in a loss to, to Louisville. And you just look at it and you're just like, I mean, that, that is, uh, how, how do you, how do you actually Sam Hartman did come off the bench and throw two touchdown passes in that game. But uh, they also scored. He also threw for 350 yards and two touchdowns that year in 2019 and a loss where they scored 30 points and lost to Syracuse. That's not happening in Notre Dame. And if it does happen, it's in the playoff and you lose 31 to 34 to Bama or something like that, or Ohio State or something like that. That's not happening. You know, if, if they go out there and score 45 points, like this, this is the craziest stat I've ever seen, Ryan. Sam Hartman has led North, led Wake Forest against North Carolina. I, I'm going to pull, I'm going to give you the, the, the specific totals because it, it's, it's hilarious when you look at this. Against North Carolina in the last three years, Wake Forest has had, Scored 34 points with 490 yards, 6.81 yards per play. They scored 55 points with 615 yards and 6.8 yards per play. And they scored 53 points with 606 yards and 6.7 yards per play. They lost every single game. Every single game. That's not happening in Notre Dame. And that's part of the thing where that's been Sam's reality for five years. That doesn't change in 11 practices. Right. If anything, him struggling and, and I use this word like, you know, air quotes because I don't I don't consider it that. It, you know, him quote unquote struggling in practice is a good thing because he's gonna go back to the dorm and say, This defense is pretty freaking good. You know what I mean? Like this number 20, man, this cat is legit. You know, this number five, this cat is legit. Who's this freaking Xavier Watts kid? This kid's really good. And why is Jack Kaiser in my face every time they call a blitz? <laughs> you know what I mean? And where the heck did they find this Riley Mills kid? Like, that's where you're going to be coming from. And that that is the thing that I think is the biggest deprogramming that is still going on with Sam. is sure. be, Because sometimes the flip side is true. Is right. Hey, it's third and five. We're at midfield or third and ten at midfield. I'm going to take this chance on this play. Because if it gets picked off, it gets picked off because I know my defense can bail us out, right? It, it, it's where are you on the field? And I think those both of those realities to him is you take that shot because you rely on your defense, not because you're afraid that if we don't score here, we're screwed. And I think as that deprogramming starts to happen and the reprogramming takes hold, that's when you're going to really see him take off. And I think part that I think Tyler's going through that a little bit too, Ryan. Because I think last fall camp and in the first two games, if Tyler didn't go out there and play great, the Notre Dame offense couldn't score. We saw that. Yeah. That's a lot of yeah. pressure to be putting on a kid making his first career start. He couldn't rely on the run game the way that, that that Drew Pine could later in the year and the way that Tyler could later in the year in the bowl game. And I think he's going through a little bit of that as well. So I think both quarterbacks are, are working on that a little bit, but I think even more so at Sam because of of what the numbers that I just that I just showed. It's a really interesting point because I don't. It's almost like when you play like a triple option team, Brian, where you're like every possession matters so much because there's just so many limited opportunities you're going to have. But it's like the reverse there. It's like if I'm Sam and I'm at Wake Forest and I'm playing North Carolina is the team that you use for example, right? It's like man, I got to score on every single drive to have a chance to win this football game. Like we have to score touchdowns on every single drive to legitimately have a chance to win that game. And Notre Dame, it's like, oh, wow, I, I don't have to score every drive. Like, it, it, right. like I, everything will be okay if I if there's a three and out occasionally or if we don't punch it in, like it'll be okay. And and I think that that is it's, – it's almost like a deprogramming type of thing, right? Because, I mean, even 
Sam Hartman was a was a quarterback recruit, right? And a pretty good one. It's like go, going back to even when he was coming out of like the state of South Carolina. I mean, I'm sure there was a little bit in him like he has been that guy since he was a high school kid, right? The guy that has to urge a team to victory, a guy that has to be the best player on the field every single Saturday or every single Friday, even going back to the high school days. And that's just not a reality that exists anymore. And I think that that is a deep program that needs to happen. You know what else I'll say too, Brian, is that back to this competition for a second. I think of like LSU when I talk about this, right? Before Brian Kelly and like the Ed Orgeron days, right? It's like, Every so often, when the stars align and Joe Burrow shows up, things can be really good, right? But then around him is Jordan Jefferson, Danny Etling, Miles Brennan. And like that, what is what is Coach Freeman trying to build at Notre Dame? He's trying to build a program. He's trying to build consistency. He's trying to build sustainability. And in sustainability, what's the best to be to have sustaining success? Obviously, to have a good roster, but to have the most important position in sports consistently just harnessed with talent, man. To have so much talent in that room that you don't have to go, oh, man, we have a gap here where we just don't have a very good quarterback. Like, that's right. where you lose that that success, lose that momentum. So, I mean, folks, like, if we're worried about there being too much competition in the quarterback room, you need to deprogram yourself a little bit too, man, because that is the best thing to have is to have just a flurry of talent in the quarterback room because that is the most important position in football. There's no doubt. I think that as we move forward, my hope, I should think my hope, my hope is that Sam Hartman being at Notre Dame for this season is going to have a lasting impact for Notre Dame in two ways. Number one is if Sam has a big year, and we don't know if he will or won't. We'll get into that as we get closer to the season. But if he has a big year, that's now two quarterbacks in a row that have come to Notre Dame and put up pretty good numbers at Notre Dame. Jack, Because I think Jack Cohn put up pretty good numbers as well when you consider all the things he was dealing with that year. And number two, I think the other impact is going to be the way that I understand from what we have been told from my various sources. And I'm not talking about what the coaches say publicly because, you know, like today at the press conference, I was, uh, I was talking to a buddy afterwards, and and the Notre Dame coaches are like, no, no, it's just, you know, Lorenzo's in there for like one or two plays. But then Lorenzo Styles comes in there, and he's wearing a white jersey. <laughs> and it, that's for the defensive backs. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like sometimes they say things like, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, but so this, I don't care what they say. I'm talking about like people behind the scenes is is the way that the quarterback room has connected you know, with, with Tyler and Sam and Sam and Tyler and Tyler and Kenny and Kenny and Sam and, you know, Sam, I mean, uh, Sam and Kenny, there's a, there's that kind of that role model there that Tyler didn't have last year because Drew Pine isn't that guy. Cause Drew had less experience than Tyler had last season. You know, not, not that Drew wasn't a leader. I'm not talking about, you know, a guy that's a leader. I'm talking about a guy that you can look at and say, Oh, that's how you're supposed to do. How, how, what did Drew Pine know about starting a football game that Tyler Buckner didn't, or preparing to go win a football game that Tyler Buckner didn't? They were both learning that last year. Yep, it's not an insult on Drew Pine. Now they had the one year with Jack Cohn, that was with a different coach, and you know it was, just, it was a different situation. But you had that year with Jack Cohn, but now you're getting a year with Sam Hartman, and and you have to think to yourself like that's going to have a lasting impact. 
on the program. So I think that's the other thing too, is why it, Notre Dame needs this to process to go well for, for Sam because of that impact. And then I think it could be there. So end of the day, Ryan, we're going to get in the message board and the, the mailbag next, because there's a lot of great questions and things, and we'll continue this conversation in the mailbag. Yeah. But I'm just trying to tell fans right now, folks, if you're having a conversation about the quarterback position, number one, you should be excited. You really yes. should. Uh, if, if the fact that the, the, the battle's considered close right now means to me that it's going to be very hard for it. I don't see any scenario where it's not Sam Hartman at this point in time. Cause Tyler's going to continue to improve because he's still developing as a player, but Sam is just going to get better. I mean, significantly better and better and better within the, not better talented. And he's not, you know, there's some minor mechanical things, but it's just more of that comfort, that knowledge, that timing and all those type of things is going to, going to get better and better. If Sam, if, if Tyler was going to beat Sam, how Sam out, I feel this is just my opinion that he needed to be way ahead of Sam right now. And I just don't think that he is. What I think this battle is also doing, Ryan, is because of how well Tyler's playing, you got to really sit down this summer and ask yourself, I, I think Sam's going to be ahead of Tyler, but I don't see this being a no-brainer, like way ahead deal. Are you almost forced to say, we got to find some role for Tyler Buckner this year? Yeah. Like too, beyond too just good playing. not to play. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and so – that's going to be a really – and so I think that's something that that Tyler has done as well. And so I I am very curious to see how that plays out, you know, and and, and is Sam on board with that or not? And, and he could be on board with it, but it still can get you out of your rhythm. They'll have to have a better plan than what they had in 2021, that's for sure, you know, where you just randomly throw them in because the offense is sputtering. I, I didn't like that because you, you're now not giving your starter a chance to get the team out of that rut but more so something like what we saw early in 2018 against Michigan. You remember that where yeah. every time they got in the red zone and they put a certain package in, they brought Ian book in turn that package, yep. something maybe like that, maybe a, a third and short package where you're using his legs. Cause then you can still throw the ball in those situations. So that's something I could see that you at least have to consider as, as Tyler continues to, to do what he's done. Cause look, if you, if you're, Hey, look, Audrey estimate, it might be your starting running back, but you're gonna be like, man, this, this not you know Logan Dix is going to play a ton too, and and Jabron Payne had a great spring. We need to find a role for him. Jadarian Price is back, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, it, quarterback can sometimes be the same way. It just it's a little trickier. It's a little trickier. So I'm going to see how it's going to go out. But at the end of the day, I think Sam Hartman's in a good place right now. I personally, from what I have seen in practice, and I and I'm admitting that we've seen limited practice and i promise you i've seen the same amount of reps from tyler, some from tyler buckner and sam hartman as anyone else in the media because we all had access to the same practices we haven't seen enough for anyone to have a definitive conclusion about where things definitely are and who's out playing who i can say that tyler buckner moved the ball better in the two practices we saw flat out and he showed me the improvement that i needed to see relative to what i had seen before but i was also very encouraged by what i saw from sam hartman to the point where I love where this quarterback room is at right now. And it really is. And they're being tested every day. They're battling the defense every day. And this is making the team better. But I think that if I'm, if I'm just taking Sam out of the equate or everybody else and just looking at taking Sam out of that discussion, just looking at him by himself. I like where he's at, Ryan. I feel he's, I feel that he is getting more and more comfortable. I loved what I heard about, you know, what he did coming out of the, the, the scrimmage on Saturday 
it fit right in with what I've been hearing all spring that, you know, in sort of the team settings that that's kind of what happens. And I feel like he, by the time we get to fall camp, he's going to be rocking and rolling. And if we're able to see this team in practice as, you know, maybe two to three weeks into this practice schedule, which I don't know if we will, we're going to be like, wow, this kid is, this kid is, he's got it. He's, you know, and I think the schedule sets up nicely too, because you've got Navy and Tennessee state before you play NC state. And, and so I think that's going to help Sam too. And the thing about NC state is that's a defense. He knows, he knows that defense he's played against NC state before. And he knows the challenges that Tony Gibson's defense presents. And except this time, you know, they're going to have a little bit better, a little bit better uh, supporting cast around him. He struggled this year against NC state because he had some turnovers, but they scored 42 points against NC state in 2020. And they scored, uh, uh, 45 against NC State in 2021 and then scored 21 last year in a 30 to 21 loss. So, you know, it, it's it's uh it's going to be it sets up very nicely for him. Very nicely yep. for him. And and I and I I feel I'm good about it. Moral of the story, Notre Dame's quarterback room right now is as good as it's been in a long time and if anybody's trying to tell you different I'm just going to have to strongly disagree with them. Doesn't mean they're a finished product today. They'd go play Georgia tomorrow, right? Sure. But as far as where the expectations are, love where the quarterback room is at. We're a quarter of the way through preparation for the first game. I'm I'm wow. very happy with where it's at right now, Ryan. I was going to say it's also April 18th, right? I mean, you talked about the sections of the preparation for a season. I mean, we're about to get into the summer. We're about to get into fall practice. Like there is – several months of improvement that is going to happen from both sides of it. You know, it's, it's not only just from Sam, it's from Tyler, it's from Kenny, it's from Steve, it's from the whole quarterback room that is going to constantly need to be improved. Like if we are sitting here in the middle of fall camp, having the same conversation of like, Oh man, like, I don't know. Then then that becomes a little bit of an issue, but it's right. April 18th right now. And I think we just need to remember that a little bit. I know we get excited. I know we get super you know, hyperbolic about things sometimes. I know we get really angst. Yeah, more of the story, back off the ledge. Exactly, Johnny S. You were 100%, man. It's April 18th. Let's have this conversation in August when we're getting ready to play a football yeah. game and when it matters most. Because as a coach, that's how you evaluate. You evaluate based on what your expectations are for you at through 12 practices. Yep. And as a football coach, my expectations on practice five were never what they were for practice 25 when we're getting ready to play a game the next week. Yep. It's about where are we relative to what my expectations are or where we should be right now in it in preparation of when the season comes and where the offense is right now. It's good. And here's the other thing, too. What I have heard all spring, Ryan, is that some days the offense gets the best of the defense and other days the defense gets the best of the offense. And that is the absolute best thing that you can hear about spring practice. Yes. You do never want to hear. You especially don't want to hear that the offense is dominating every day. You definitely don't want to hear that. I'd feel not happy, but I'd be okay if I heard the defense primarily dominated the offense. It's spring ball, you're you know, new coaches, you're blitzing all the time, new quarterbacks, okay, whatever. You two new guards and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That you wouldn't love to hear that, Ryan, but okay, sure. The fact that we're here and it's a back and forth as a co- head coach, that's where you want to be. As a defensive head coach, it may not be where you want to be because you know, but as a head coach, that's where you want to be. Hey, man, our kids are competing their butts off. Because competition, Ryan, isn't just about quarterback versus quarterback. It's about offense versus defense, receiver yes. versus DB. You know, Jared Parker versus Al Golden. I mean, there is competition to that. 
And that's, that's what you want to see in practice. And, and, and the fact that we're seeing that there's days, the DBs get the best of the receivers. The last open practice we had was definitely one of those days for the most part. And then there's days you hear about in the, the spring game where the receivers were putting in work and, and getting a job done. And, you know, we had a little Intel piece the other night about the performance that Chris Tyree had in the spring in that, in that scrimmage and what he's doing late in the process, the phrase cheat code, was used in that update, which, you know, if you're a member of the boards at boards at irishbreakdown.com, you would know that already. So that's just where you want to be. So I'm, I'm encouraged, Ryan, and we'll do a full recap of everything next week as we kind of get through the blue gold game. But quarterback wise, I just wanted, I didn't necessarily want to do this show, but I felt we needed to do this show just yeah. because of how that conversation was starting to dominate the boards and people who, ha- you know, coming in and saying like, you know, it's Tyler, Sam Hartman struggling. And it's like, I don't want this narrative to continue to grow. And I don't know where this is coming from or who's starting this or whatever the case may be, but it's just, it's a, it's a faulty narrative. Kind of like the, the, the whole Drew Pine's going to, you know, is out playing and going to be the starter, you know, is out playing Tyler Buckner. Maybe that happened at a couple practices that we saw last year. I didn't because uh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't at the practices last year, but you know, when I talked to, you know, when I talk to my sources that are at a lot more practices than than what you guys were able to see last year, that's not the story that I got from anybody. And so the 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 fact that a, a, a that can happen is 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 very encouraging. Somebody just asked Ryan, "Can I get a cheat code for the boards?" Uh, yeah, go to <laughs> go to boards.irishbreakdown.com, sign up there, USMA eighty seven. The reality is our base price is fifty percent of what normal the other sites charge yeah uh, so that's just our normal price 4.99 a month for a monthly membership 49.99 for an annual membership so and the way that fast food costs nowadays it's not even like a it's cheaper than a big mac 4.99 less than yeah. a coffee at starbucks my yeah. friends less than a coffee at starbucks <sighs> yeah <laughs> so uh, uh but yes we, we, we're not going to give a coupon for something that's already 50 percent cheaper than everyone that's already cheaper than what anybody else is doing the other part of it too is is the coupon what you do get however is if you sign up for the message board and, and you get a monthly membership you do get a a 10 discount to the merch store any your entire purchase for the merch store uh the if you sign up for an annual membership you get 20 percent off your your next entire purchase in the uh, the the Irish Breakdown merch store, which you can find in the description box below. So, Ryan, we're going to move on to the mailbag next. But before we do, folks, do us a favor. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Check out our content at irishbreakdown.com. You can sign up for our daily newsletter, which goes out almost every day. I got to send one. I got to send today's out. I haven't sent one today's out yet, but you get it almost on a daily basis. Has all of our top stories from the day, the, the day or two before. Sometimes, you know, we'll put a story that was, really popular in, in the in there on the, the day after but it's mostly the from the stories from the day before and you'll get uh, you'll get all that that's all of our free content from our website at irishbreakdown.com you can definitely sign up for that you see a link in the box below for our for our uh, merch store so you can get hats shirts all types of cool stuff we got a couple new items in there going to throw a couple new items in here this summer talk to my wife about designing a couple new things here for the summer so i'm very much looking forward to that so you can get all that stuff in the description box below. But of course, if you're not on the message board, that's when you're really messing out. And you go to boards at irishbreakdown.com, sign up today for that.
Thank you.